We get support from UC Davis, a globally ranked university working to solve the world's most pressing problems in food, energy, health, education, and the environment. UC Davis researchers collaborate and innovate in California and around the globe to find transformational solutions. It's all part of the university's mission to promote quality of life for all living things. Find out more at 21stcentury.ucdavis.edu. This is 99% Invisible. I'm Roman Mars. If you were standing in the crowd for any of the presidential inaugurations from Andrew Jackson through Dwight D. Eisenhower, you'd have seen the solemn oath of office taken between 24 tall, smooth columns at the east portico of the United States Capitol building. When the columns were installed in 1824, the sandstone slabs themselves that made up the columns, even before they were erected, were considered so important that they were transported from the Potomac River to Capitol Hill by human power alone. No lowly mules were deemed fit to move such sacred objects. But they didn't have quite the same standing in 1958. They had been taken off the East Front when the East Front was extended. They were stored down along the Potomac, created, slowly disintegrating. After the renovation of the Capitol, the columns all got the boot. The notion was horrifying to Ethel Garrett, and she conscripted her friend Betty Ray. I'm Elizabeth C. Ray, known as Betty Ray. And sometime in the 1970s, they made it their mission to get the columns back on their feet. I thought this would be very simple. I mean, who would say, you know, couldn't do this? It turns out plenty of people stood in the way. Uh, Technically, they still belong to Congress. And after 10 years of meetings... You had to appear before various committees. And more meetings. And then they would have another meeting. And fundraising. I had to appear before the National Capital Planning Commission. And hiring architects and surveyors. I learned a tremendous amount about bureaucracy. The columns were moved from storage. From the area along the Potomac, they were put on trailers and strapped with, you know, bands of steel things on mattresses, old mattresses, and they have then brought to the National Arboretum. The Arboretum is a swath of greenery nestled in among the warehouses and gas stations at the edge of Washington, D.C. It's where the old columns of the U.S. Capitol still are today. When you're walking up to the columns located on a high area in the meadow of the, of the Arboretum, They're majestic. They're huge columns. They, of course, are freestanding. They are really majestic, and there's only one way to describe it, majestic. I could could see them approaching from the field, and they actually look pretty majestic. The consensus seems to be that they look pretty majestic. It's pretty spectacular. That's radio producer Jess Schreibstein checking out the columns at the National Arboretum. So to my right, on the crest of this very small hill, are, I want to guesstimate, a couple dozen columns? 22. With her is Chrissy Moore. She works at the Arboretum. Um, So they have Corinthian tops on these columns, and they're lined up in a few rows, very tall. I I understand why people think that they're from Greece or from Rome, because it actually looks like some old Greek ruin sitting on top of a hill. A definite, distinct grandeur about it uh, that you won't see much outside of Washington, D.C., Independent of their grand presentation, the columns hold a certain power, even if they don't hold a roof. But not all of the old East Portico had a champion like Betty Ray. Yeah, my, my, my directions say, go downhill into the woods. 
go down towards the bottom of the hill. There will be no trail. Don't worry. Keep walking. Several miles away from the National Arboretum, where there's no visitor center, there are no commemorative plaques. Then there'll be at the bottom of the hill, there'll be a trail that goes up into a ravine. And you go on that trail, and then at a large concrete bridge, take the lower fork to pass under the bridge, and then there's a clearing on the left. Are these and here in the middle of the woods lies the rest of the capital's east portico, the parts that didn't make it to the Arboretum. To the right of us are basically stacks and stacks of columns that we almost could have walked right by, I feel like. Could have walked right by, not even seen them. Yeah. So they're next to some buildings, so it looks like it could just be, you know, part of some building materials. But if you look at it more closely, you see that they are actually kind of moss-covered and do look rather ancient. This place is a hundred square yards of busted-up architecture, mounds of stone and granite and decapitated heads of Corinthian columns weathering in the snow. But its arrangement is oddly intentional, with bits of building carefully stacked 12, 15 feet high, with wells and chasms spanning between. This is it? They're just going to leave them here? It seems kind of sad. They are the physical manifestation of the parts of history that didn't make the cut. They do look a bit sad. They look pretty dejected. Wow. Okay. It's kind of quite a climb up here. Whoa, this one's wobbly. But even here, without the rolling meadow and historic backdrop, the ruins still managed to be majestic. I think if I had discovered this when I was a kid, I would have felt like I discovered the lost world. Yeah, it feels a little like Atlantis. This episode of 99% Invisible was produced by me, Roman Mars, with Sam Greenspan and Jess Schreibstein, with help from Melissa Lee and John Asante. The four of them have their own fledgling podcast called Whisper Cities. Learn more at whispercities.org. This program is made possible with support from Lunar, making a difference with creativity. It's a project of KALW, the American Institute of Architects San Francisco, and the Center for Architecture and Design. More, including cool pictures of big columns at 99% Invisible dot org.